to you, O God, who first brought light into the darkness. To you, the one who tore tore open the heavens to proclaim your love. To you, O lover of souls, we give you our thanks and praise. Amen. Well, good morning, all saints, and happy new year. This morning's gospel shot us right past the birth of Jesus. The gospel writer, Mark, gives zero attention to the story that we spent so much time and energy and beauty celebrating. There is no acknowledgement of a babe laying in a manger or of an infant receiving gifts fit for a king. There's no story about that preteen who was left in the temple by his parents. Instead, here we are in chapter 1 of Mark, and we're dropped into a scene held in the middle of a wilderness. On location, we find hordes of people surrounding this radical man named John as he baptizes a now fully grown Jesus. And Mark, the gospeler, tells us that in that moment, as Jesus is coming up from the muddy river Jordan, something spectacular happens. Like a proud mother at a graduation ceremony, God makes all of this noise and tears open the heavens to shout out, and I'm going to paraphrase, that's my boy, that's my boy, my beloved. I'm so, so pleased. Now, my, my siblings in Christ, it is no accident that God made a declaration of love for Jesus in such a public place And it's such an important ritual. You see, gathered that day at the river were all of John's followers. An eclectic group of people, rich and poor alike, country folks like me and many urbanites like you, droves and droves of people had left their homes in search of hearing a message of hope and change. And so it was no accident that those people, the elites and non-elites, prostitutes and bankers, mothers and brothers, all sinners, they were all there to hear the good news that was proclaimed on that day. And like I said, my friends, just as a proud parent on a graduation day does, God let everybody know that there was something special happening at that baptism. God let everybody know that there is something exciting, something that we need to make a ruckus about when it comes to baptism. God let all the people know that Jesus was the son, the beloved And that on that day, he was being baptized. And perhaps most importantly to Jesus, in that moment, God let Jesus know that he was deeply loved by God. And so with beloved printed on his lapel pen, he went out into the wilderness with the Holy Spirit where he was tempted and tried for 40 days filled with the knowledge that though he was tested, 
God loved him. So a few years ago, when I preached this gospel lesson, I was at a church that um, shall not be named, given the circumstances of the story. And in the middle of my sermon, I had this bright idea that I wanted to get in touch with my Baptist roots. So I asked the people in the congregation to turn to their neighbor and say, you are beloved. And y'all, the clear look of hesitation (laughs) showed up on those Episcopalian faces. But they whispered, kind of, you are beloved. And of course, I was not satisfied. And so I said, turn to your other neighbor and say, you are beloved. And this time there was a little more passion in their voice as they said to their neighbor, you're beloved. But y'all, I'm going to tell you, I was on a roll. (laughs) I wasn't finished. And so I looked at the congregation and I said to them, repeat after me, I am beloved. I am beloved. You can do it. I am beloved. Y'all can do it. I am beloved. (laughs) I am beloved. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you are beloved. I am beloved. You are beloved. And my friends, that afternoon, after a very full Sunday, I I came home and somewhat impulsively scribbled on my bathroom mirror, I am beloved. You are beloved. When my wife asked me about it, Thinking that she was worried that I had wor- I, that I had ruined the mirror, I responded dismissively, "Oh, don't worry, it's erasable. I'll get rid of it in a couple of days." Well, a few days has turned into three years. So for three years, during seasons of great joy and excitement, during times of fear and grief and everything in between. Each morning and each night, I face those words, I am beloved. You are beloved. My friends, that's what these waters of baptism remind us. They remind us that each of us is beloved. At baptism, we are all, through the gift of repentance and the grace of redemption, called by a new name. We are all named Beloved. Now, whether you will cheer Roll Tide tomorrow or Go Dogs, or even if you don't care at all about football, I just want you to all know that we all have the same name and we all have the same cheerleader, a God who calls out from the heavens, you are Beloved. You are Beloved. You are loved by God. And when we know that we are loved, when we truly understand within our hearts that we are loved by God, I think, dear friends, that we behave differently in the world. Maybe I should just talk about myself for a moment. I know that when I face those words in my mirror, 
when I truly am able to absorb what it means to be God's beloved on those days, and it's not every day, but on those days when the truth of God's love penetrates my heart, I live differently. There's a joy that's unspeakable that rises within me and a strength that can only come from resting in the blessed assurance that God loves me no matter what you or others may think. There is something life-giving about knowing that my name is beloved. My friends, when you know that you're loved, when you know that you are most sincerely loved by God, it spills out of your heart onto those who are around you because you are beloved. And the same is true of your neighbor. The elite or the non-elite, the country, the suburban, the metropolitan, the Crimson Tide fan or the Georgia Dog fan, documented or not, refugee or native, we are all beloved. We are all beloved. And so, dear friends, my prayer for you, my prayer for you this day is that God will bless you And that the waters of baptism will renew you and that you will hear God call your name. For you are beloved, so deeply beloved. Amen.